Hey everybody, and welcome to Private Ramblings, Podcast 91. Don't really have that much to talk about in gaming this time. That is new. So I talk about Temple Run 2. I philosophize and theorize about why it is that I might not be that interested or like PvP-style games, specifically competitive-type games. And in the end, I ramble a bit about sort of my current health with blood pressure and my being fatter than I would like. Hopefully you enjoy the show. In the tiki 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 room, in the tiki 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 room, all the birds sing word and the flowers croon. In the tiki 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 room, welcome to our tropical hideaway, you lucky people, you. If we weren't in the show starting right away, we'd think the audience too. All together in the tiki 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 room, in the tiki 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 room, all the birds sing word and the flowers croon. In the tiki I have picked up Temple Run 2 for my iPhone. It is apparently going to be out for Android next week, so the week of the time you are probably listening to this podcast, it might be out. I don't know how to say the maker's name. I'm going to pronounce it Emanji Studios. The game is totally free. It is a universal app, so it will work for your phone or your iPad or your iTouch or whatever. Don't need different clients. Even if you did, it's free, so I guess it wouldn't matter. Though I suppose these saves are, you know, all through one thing, so that's better. It can run a music or podcast in the background while you are playing the game music and sound. Though it might be, you know, a little confusing to have the game music and sound on if you're listening to other stuff. It does have coins that will unlock as you play the game. And you can use that to buy different characters or abilities or boost certain things. You know, sort of like a talent system, but, you know, there's only a few things to boost. You can spend, you know, real money to unlock more coins, but I don't really think that's necessary. It seems like there are plenty of, you know, coins, as it were, as you play the game. This launched on Wednesday, kind of late in the evening, so I haven't had a whole lot of time to play with it. I've played maybe an hour so far. But I haven't seen any ads or intrusive marketing at all. Apparently, Temple Run 1 had like 170 million downloads. So, you know, they have a pretty ridiculous amount of money, I would expect, and wouldn't really need to do any kind of annoying advertising for the second one. But like I said, I guess you can go to a, a in-game store, as it were, and buy more coins, though it seems like you get plenty of them, so I would say that's really not necessary. So it's kind of like, you know, advertising free game that is free, and so you don't have to worry about that. The music and sound are pretty basic, though. It doesn't seem like anything amazing. I usually play with the music pretty quiet, though, so it could be, you know, better than it seems. But it seems just kind of okay. I'm certainly not rocking out to it or anything. The graphics look really, really good. I don't know how they were in the first one. But this probably is, you know, up there in terms of graphical quality for an iOS game that I have played. As you run along the track, you pick up thingies, and the thingies will fill up a power in the sort of upper left corner of your screen. I think the powers are bound to each of the characters, and it only has, I think, the one power for the character. The basic power is sort of a defensive shield. Some things seem like they will kill you instantly, and some things just kind of slow you down. 
And then this sort of giant ape beaver creature comes up behind you, which I guess is why you're running, you know, to get away from him. And so that's kind of like a warning that you did a minor mistake, and if you do another one, he'll catch you and kill you. But other things, like, will instantly kill you. Like if you run off a cliff instead of turning, or you don't duck or jump in time, you'll smash right into something, and those will instantly kill you. There are gems, which I believe will allow you to continue right from where you just died. And those you have to buy with real-world money. I have gotten a few, so I think you do get them on rare occasion. I've never actually used one, though. I just, you know, start over because I'm not so great at it, so the games are, you know, usually pretty quick. I could swear, though, sometimes I am swiping and it isn't reacting. So I don't know if that's a dirty screen on my part or if maybe, you know, because the game just released last night and I picked it up right away, you know, maybe there is some kind of minor timing bug. Also, when I was listening to some music, it seemed like there was a very minor delay when the track changed. So that could cause some, maybe, like, I guess you could say input lag. And, you know, maybe that was kind of interfering with the game slightly. It wasn't super terrible. It was, you know, certainly tolerable. But I would say, you know, if you're going to listen to something, you might want to listen to a podcast instead of, you know, music tracks, which might be changing and, you know, interfering in the game. It seems really awesome and really fun, especially for something that is totally free. Normally, something that doesn't have ads and stuff, you know, of this design is something that usually costs you a dollar or two, but it's totally free, so that is awesome. So I would say, you know, if you even like endless running games a little bit, you might want to check it out because, you know, it's free, and there you go. Just takes your time. And if you like it, you know, keep it. If not, delete it. No big deal. It's free, so it doesn't matter. As I said, I've only played half an hour or an hour, so I might have more thoughts about it in future podcasts. But that's it for now. And like I said, it's free, so no real reason not to pick it up if you might be interested. Not much going on in my gaming life lately. A lot of the stuff is pretty much the same stuff that I've been playing. And there's not a whole lot of stuff going on that is possibly new. You know, if I had money, I could pick it up kind of thing. Pretty much the games have all been stable for a while. So I guess I can talk about maybe sort of thoughts on my PvP experience with League of Legends that I had. I got into a PvP match, I guess... It didn't have quite the requirements as I thought. I guess just the game I tried to play before had that requirement, but somebody suggested try this other style, and the other style didn't have any requirements so I could play it. I was kind of surprised when I was playing because we were winning. The other side had kind of picked characters that were all kill champion characters, so that made them pretty dangerous potentially. But they weren't acting like a team. They all had this teleport to other characters or towers ability. So in theory, they could have had a lot of ambushing situations. But they weren't actually doing that. I don't know why. 
But they had a lot of potential to do a lot of champion killing, and I guess they weren't really using those abilities, so they got more and more behind. And the way the game is designed is there are three what they call lanes, which is sort of like you can go around this edge of the map or this other edge of the map or the center of the map. And walking kind of around the map takes roughly 30 seconds to go from one side to the other. So what they were doing is they were sort of walking to different areas, which meant that since they were focusing on killing our champions, when I saw them, you know, fighting over in this one area, this other area was completely vulnerable in terms of their tower defense. And the character I play is Nasus, for those who play the game and would recognize him. He is what they call a pusher, and that means that he's really good at killing the little minions that spawn, the, the little NPC guys, and they sort of go in the lanes and defend the towers. But the pusher characters are good at killing those guys and beating up the towers. So when I would see the other team, you know, ganging up somewhere, it's like, okay, this tower and this tower are undefended. I'll just go over and smash the poop out of them. So as the game went on, I actually started feeling kind of sad. It's like, yeah, they were killing maybe 20% more in terms of, you know, how many of us killed them versus how many of them killed us. You know, they were ahead of us by a little bit there. But because they were leaving towers vulnerable and I was smashing the poop out of them, you know, our little NPC guys got more and more ahead. And then, you know, we eventually just kept breaking all their stuff. And then because we're breaking all their stuff, you know, we're getting more gold and we're getting more experience. And eventually, you know, our characters were, you know, about 30% higher than their characters. So when they would try and come up and gang up on me, you know, I'd be like level 11 and they'd be coming along and they're level 7 and 8. And it's like, even though there's a couple of them, they're going to have a really hard time beating me. So I was kind of surprised that I started feeling, you know, more and more bad that we were beating them, you know, with such a substantial lead. And I thought, you know, if the positions were reversed, you know, I would just feel really sad and terrible. And it's like, I wouldn't want to continue playing if somebody's beating us by a significant amount. So I wonder if this is maybe part of the reason why I don't like PvP games. Because no matter what you play, there's going to be this inherent sense of, I'm losing by so much I feel sad, or I'm beating the poop out of these other guys and... You know, it's not really fair anymore because what was potentially an even playing field is now balanced very heavily in our favor. You know, I think for most people, once it gets past a certain point, it's just not very fun anymore. But I don't know. You know, I get the sports sort of competitive nature, our team versus their team, and we have an even playing field in theory. But what happens when that playing field isn't even? This wasn't any kind of ladder match or ranked match. So I wonder if there was any kind of balance going on in terms of, you know, the game figuring out the player skill. Or did it just pick five random people and match it against five other random people? If, as, you know, example, our players were more knowledgeable, and I think, obviously, we picked a slightly more balanced team in terms of the champions... You know, is that really a balanced fight? Did the other team start from a balanced position? I don't know. 
In a lot of these PvP games, the reason why I don't really like to play is because there isn't that kind of balanced position when you start. Way, way back a long time ago, I used to be pretty into tribes, which at the time was sort of a very balanced position. There was only three types of guys you could pick. There were so many guys on a team, and it was very much a, a sport-like challenge. There was a small number of maps but you would basically run from one side of the map to the other and get the flag and then come back. I think capture the flag was the only type of game they had. So it was very much a sport type, you know, event. And your characters, you know, could change their outfits and change their role on the fly. So if you had a team who was acting like a team, you know, somebody liked to do this position, somebody liked to do this position. And you could always kind of keep it balanced and swap it up. I think a lot of my hesitation with current games is that current games don't really seem to do that. There is always some kind of character leveling system with talents and, you know, unlocks of different weapons. And so that, in theory, you know, could create some kind of imbalance. Plus, you know, as a single person who doesn't really have a whole lot of friends that I play with, I'm always worried about, you know, what if I'm playing against somebody else and that somebody else is acting like a team. Even if they're just acting like a pair, you know, two guys versus one, the one guy is going to get squished every time. So I don't know. Will I continue to play League of Legends in PvP? I don't know. Like I said, I get the sports aspect, I get the competitive nature, but I myself have never really been a competitive guy. Back in the day when the arcades were king, and, you know, there was a lot of fighting games, and people were like, oh my god, the fighting games are so awesome. You know, that's all about PvP, and that's all about crushing your opponent. And it's like, you know, if it's an even match in terms of player skill, and the player is having, you know, lighthearted fun, you know, I would have an okay time sometimes. But if they were more skilled, or they were, I don't know, just, you know, having a bad attitude, not sportsmanlike, I guess you could call it, you know, it's just not my thing. I'm not into that kind of competition. I'm not the kind of guy that goes in wanting to destroy the other people and, you know, seeing the lamentations of the women, you know, that does not interest me. You know, I like something that's fun and balanced. You know, there's strategy and there's competition, but no matter what, you know, your opponent is having an okay time. Even if they're losing, you know, they'd be like, well, I lost, but, you know, it was a good challenge and, you know, you're a good guy and we talk some strategy and maybe they learn something from it. You know, that kind of thing I'd be into. But as I've been saying lately, I don't feel like there's a whole lot of opportunity for that anymore. Either the kind of games that have that and would encourage that don't exist, which I think is the case for the most part. People don't seem to be designing games like that. Or, you know, it's something like I recently got back into playing Mass Effect 3 a little bit, play a game here and there, maybe play a few times a week. But it's like there really isn't any kind of chat system or system to talk with people in the game. It's sure a lot of action, so unless you're going to do voice chat, there's really not an opportunity to talk to people. And if you're going to do voice chat, you know, you're probably going to talk tactics, you're probably going to alert people to something that's happening. You know, it's not like you're going to just chit chat about various things and talk strategy and stuff. So I don't know, I still maybe don't really get PvP. I mean, I get the concepts of it, but I don't know, in terms of motivation, I just, I'm not kind of the guy that is motivated towards PvP, I guess. 
Maybe someday I will be. Maybe I will just continue to not get it, and I'll just do PvE. Or in the case of things like Mass Effect 3, you know, things that are co-op online games that are versus, you know, computer, or, you know, in MMOGs, you know, players versus dungeon-type things. And that's okay, too. There's a few points of news to discuss. Dead Space 3 is coming out pretty soon. A few weeks now, I think. I do have it in my budget, so it is pre-ordered. Yay. There is a demo out now, I believe, for everything. You know, PC and consoles. I know for sure it is out for the 360, and you can pick it up there. I'm not 100% sure it is out for PS3 and PC. But I don't see, you know, why it wouldn't be. But I don't know. I thought about picking it up, but, you know, if I'm going to get the actual game in a few weeks, I don't really see much point in picking up the demo. Because, you know, the demo is probably just, you know, a half level or something from the actual game. Or, you know, it's training. And, you know, it's like, I'll just wait for the actual game for it instead of having it, you know, spoilered, you know, early. Because I know I will enjoy Dead Space 3. I enjoyed Dead Space 1 and 2, so... No reason why I wouldn't enjoy 3, so I will just wait. It would be kind of cool if these kind of things had, you know, something that was different in the demo, you know, from the real game. There is a something that Bioshock Infinite has done with its pre-order. They actually do give you something different. I forget the name of it, but it is basically a puzzle game where you are putting down gears on a board and you're trying to get, you know, from point A to point B. And I guess the extra cool thing is that if you complete levels and achievements, you get sort of unlocks in the actual game when it does release. That is in my budget as well, but it's not in my budget right now. You know, it will be before launch, which is soon, but not so soon you have to, you know, panic and worry about it. For Borderlands 2 players, the big game hunt is now out. Unfortunately, I do not have that, like, in my budget. And checking my budget from now until pretty much April, I have, like, no money at all. So, you know, talking about things like that that are kind of unexpected will be very, very difficult. Pretty much Dead Space 3 and Bioshock Infinite are the only thing on there. Anything else that comes along, like, you know, the Big Game Hunter expansion, or, you know, any kind of indie games that come out that I might want to pick up, you know, even though they're only, you know, 10 or 15 bucks, you know, stuff that is not in my budget. Maybe I'll get some donations and can pick it up. That would be awesome. Maybe I'll get some extra work hours. I don't know. I guess we'll see. But that is out for Borderlands 2 players who might be interested. And like I said, sadly, I will not be able to talk about it from my experience. You know, when and if I, I get it soonish, I will talk about it. If I don't get it soonish, I probably won't bother because, you know, everybody will have it and not really care. I can't think of any other news. I guess in terms of 
news about me. I can talk about my recent experiment with my blood pressure medication and trying to figure out why it is I am so much fatter than I have been. To give you a very super brief history about my fat, because I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast before, is that for most of my life, pretty much up until I was about 25, I weighed pretty much 120 to 130, which is super light. I mean, most people weigh more than that. I think I am 5 feet 8 inches tall, so I'm not super short or anything. I was just like, you know, super thin guy when I was growing up. And then after that, you know, it did sort of climb a little bit, but it again peaked at around 165. And it wasn't until I started my blood pressure medication, I would guess maybe a year and a half ago, I'd have to look it up to know exactly when. But prior to that, for about 10 years, my weight ranged between 165 and kind of peaked at about 180. But mostly it was averaging, you know, 165 to 175, which is kind of where I'm like the most healthy. I don't have that many issues with breathing or asthma. And, you know, I have enough energy and my muscles and stuff aren't sore or anything or tired. But the past couple years, I have pretty much skyrocketed to about 220 and it's kind of held there. So, you know, you do the math and that's like, you know, a jump of 20% of my total body weight in, you know, less than pretty much six months was about how quickly it showed up. I recently ran out of one of my blood pressure medications over the Christmas holidays because, you know, the store was closed and I ran out and it's like, oh, when they're open again, I'll call them and then I forgot and then they were closed again for New Year's. So anyways, I was out for almost a week, I think. And I noticed after, I think it was the third day, my my appetite, you know, how hungry I am, dropped dramatically. And instead of eating the higher amount I have been eating lately, I was eating closer to my sort of normal amount, you know, that I had been eating most of my life. And then when I got back on, I was, you know, immediately super hungry again, and I would eat that small, you know, regular amount, small for, you know, average people. And then, you know, I was still hungry. You know, a small snack that I used to eat was, you know, close to a large snack or, you know, almost even an extra meal. So I had a theory that, you know, maybe this second blood pressure medication that I've only been on for a shorter while, you know, maybe that is part of the reason why I've been so big. So I guess um, not quite a week ago, I voluntarily got off of it and I just take the one medication that I had before. And I guess that experiment is a failure because now I'm actually even five or six pounds heavier than when I was on it last. So that makes me very sad because, you know, now my blood pressure is terrible. So that didn't work. You know, I I certainly still need the medication for that. And, you know, even though my appetite might be slightly lower, you know, my weight has still increased. So I don't know what's going on there. And that is very sad. So I guess um, this doesn't really help you in any way. Just kind of informs you about how my life is bad and sad. And I'm carrying around, you know, 20% more weight than I have been. And it makes me, you know, really feel fat and unattractive and not very healthy because I don't know, I get tired all the time. You know, walking around is difficult. And it's like, 
you know, my muscles and joints kind of hurt quite a bit and I don't have any flexibility and my asthma is going off, you know, a lot more. So that all, you know, is very sad. I have been trying to do what I call a mini workout, which is when I go to the bathroom. I will take a few extra minutes in the bathroom because two of the places I hang out at have, you know, a private single bathroom area that, you know, you close and lock the door. So, you know, not the most sanitary areas, but, you know, I will do some stretching things or I'll do, you know, like a punching thing. I'll stand in place and, you know, punch with each arm for a number of times. I'll do like, you know, bending over things. Sometimes, you know, because it's not terribly sanitary, one area has a a carpet, so it's not that terrible. Usually it's pretty clean because they clean it like, I don't know, a couple times a week. But I I might do push-ups or some sit-ups. I don't know, they don't seem to really be helping. I have doubled the numbers that I've been trying to do. But again, you know, I, I'm still gaining weight, and it's not getting any better. So, I don't know, that makes me very sad. So I thought I would update people on that. I thought I might mention that, because a few of the people who have mentioned stuff they like on my podcast, you know, they like to hear how I am doing, and how, you know, I am managing you know, specifically as, you know, a homeless person right now. So that is the sad state of me currently. I'm hoping that as spring and summer come up, you know, maybe I'll have a little bit more energy and, you know, be able to go to the store more often and pick up some fruit maybe and, you know, get out to different places and maybe be a little bit more active than I have been. Because right now, with it being winter and it's cold, you know, yeah, I could go get fruit and stuff, but, you know, it's like I kind of want to get to, you know, one place and kind of just stay there and not move around. Because, you know, it's like easier because it's cold. It's just, you know, a lot more convenient. So I don't know, maybe, you know, that will help because I do tend to be a little bit heavier in winter in general, most times. But like I said, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, 50 plus pounds heavier than average. So I don't know, you know, it, it worries me a lot. I have gotten that much heavier in basically the past couple years. And, you know, like I said, this is the heaviest I've ever been in my whole life. You know, significantly heavier than, you know, a lifetime average. So, I don't know. Um, Hopefully, I can get better. And who knows? Maybe it will inspire you to think about your own weight and if you are happy with that weight or not. And, you know, just keep an eye on it. Don't let it, you know, sneak up on you. And, you know, you don't have to go to extremes to you know, be healthy or be, you know, better in shape. You know, I just do small sets of stuff when I go to the bathroom. You know, if I lived in a home, I would probably also do it, you know, in a regular basis, you know, at nighttime before bed. Or maybe, you know, while dinner was cooking, I might do it while dinner is cooking. You know, just small things like that, you know, small sets that are very manageable, you know, when they are convenient, as it were. You know, say you're gaming in a raid or something, or you're playing, you know, a game online, or you're just playing a game of whatever, you know, you get up to go to get a snack, get up to go to the bathroom or whatever. You know, you don't have to kill yourself to do more than nothing. And just start out small, maybe do five or ten sit-ups or five or ten push-ups, or just, you know, stretch, touch your toes, reach up to the sky kind of thing. You know, just start very small, you know, and maybe just that small little change will help you know, get you into a better position where you might be more happy with yourself, you know, physically. And it's not going to make any major changes, that's for sure. 
But if you are like, you know, totally completely out of shape, you know, that's a start and it can, you know, put you back on the road to recovery so that you can do, you know, bigger sets or maybe eventually someday, you know, you might want to go to a gym or something if you're really into that. But I don't know, I myself have never been into that, but you know, just do something, I think. Find what you like. And then, you know, when you get somewhat into a better position of, you know, my body can handle a little bit of exercise, you know, maybe do a little research and find out what real exercises work, you know, what specific things that you want to fix. So I guess that is it for this time. I can't think of anything else to say. Oh, um, one little side note, I guess, is that iTunes is currently being really stupid. I only check it every few months to see, you know, what my page is looking like, see all the podcasts are there, see if I have any reviews or stars or anything. So it's been a couple months since I looked, but when I looked after posting Podcast 90, the actual main page for my podcast has disappeared. So you can still find my podcasts on iTunes, though the order is all jumbled up and crazy. And you can still subscribe, and my subscription works just fine. So I don't think anybody who has already subscribed would notice anything different. But if you're going there to look for it now, you won't find a main page. Hopefully when I update for this podcast, it will stop being stupid and, um, you know, get that main page back. Because it was nice, you know, people could sort and find, you know, the newest episode, oldest episode, look at, you know, the titles and find one. You know, that somebody had pointed them to specifically. You know, with the big jumble like it is, it's not very good. You can, of course, always go to my website and find them all there, you know, ordered with show notes. So you can also go through and get them that way. But, you know, for iTunes people, it is being kind of dumb, and I don't know what's up with that. I talked to the guy and took him like three emails to figure out what I was saying because I don't know the guy is dumb or whatever. But his most recent reply was that I should change the name of the podcast, change the RSS, you know, delete all the old stuff, re-upload everything. And it's like, no, I am not going to change everything on the planet just to make iTunes find it again. And then after it finds it again, change all the name stuff back. That's just ridiculous. I shouldn't have to do that. It's just one single main page that it's missing. What they need to do is get an iTunes tech support person there to refresh the collected page. You know, I don't see why I have to change anything. It's been like almost two years and 90 freaking podcasts. Why, you know, why do they think it's my fault all of a sudden it exploded? So I don't know. A uh, big rant there. But hopefully iTunes will stop being stupid, you know, soon. But hopefully everybody can find what they need in the uh, meantime. And hopefully I'll see everybody next time. Okay, thanks. Bye. I found treasure not where I thought Peace of mind can't be bought Still I believe I just I don't know how to say the maker's name, but I'm going to pronounce it Iman... I'm going to pronounce it Imagine...
<laughs> and this section is probably dumb, so I will probably delete it. My dear guests, I am Mr. Rourke, your host. Welcome to Fantasy Island. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you friend me, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on Twitter and YouTube at rabbitdotcom. It's rabbit.com, but with not a period. When you type rabbit's ramblings, don't use the space. And be sure to put the number one in place of I whenever you type rabbit. Rabbit's ramblings is copyright 2013 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.